Steve and Lisa, welcome to First Baptist Church again. It is a joy to have you. Let me encourage you. Every one of us have a story. We have a story how God saved us. We have a story how God has helped us through a crisis in our life. You have a story. Don't be shy to share that story with someone else. The, the year I went to, to London, it was a whirlwind trip. Michael and Sam Mann probably introduced me, I know, to more people than I can tell you today. I've already forgotten uh, some of them. It was a whirlwind. I did not preach. I did not teach the Bible the entire time I was there. In fact, on my way back, part of me wondered why in the world did I go? And, but I had lunch with Steve and just prompted by some things he said, just shared my story of how God got me through a crisis here uh, about 23 years ago at First Baptist. Uh, I went home and had no clue. And, and later, it would be later that Steve would say, sharing that story gave me the courage. Now, it was simply my story. It wasn't anything I did. God worked in my life. So be willing and ready to share your story. You never know what impact you might have. Well, today we're going to wrap up the model prayer. I want to thank Michael for teaching on forgiveness last week. Excellent job last week, Michael. The model prayer is a teaching outline that Jesus gave the disciples when they said to him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Charles Spurgeon noticed that the order of this prayer is not random. It's no coincidence. So let me, just in review, walk you through that. Our Father in heaven. All true prayer begins as we realize that we are the adopted children of God. And when you and I approach God with that childlike spirit, we begin to notice how great our God is. So the child who whispers, Daddy, grows into the saint that can cry out with all the angels, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And it's a small step from awesome worship to a white-hot missionary spirit or heart. So we continue, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done in my life on earth as it is in heaven. You know, we aren't born with a missionary heart. Steve and Lisa weren't born saying, we're going to go to London and be missionaries. No, that heart grows out of a childlike worship of our Heavenly Father, allowing Him to speak into our life and calling us on mission. Now, recognizing how great God is and how incredible this mission is, we begin to experience His glory. And we want everyone around us and all those that we know to experience God's glory as well. So we pray, hallowed be thy name. May your glory fill all the earth. We sing like, like the psalmist, David. And, and then the longer that you and I stand in the glory of God, in this position of humility and worship before the awesome creator God, the more we recognize our dependence on him. And, and so once again, then, we, we continue in that prayer. Father, give us today our daily bread. Provide for our provision because we recognize it all comes from you. And then the longer we stand in his presence, the more obvious it becomes that we are not worthy of his love. Sin hangs heavy on our hearts. And so we cry out quickly, 
God, please forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And you you might think, why in the same breath do we ask God to forgive us and then talk to God about forgiving others? Because we, standing in His presence, understand His heart. His heart is for us to reconcile with God as well as reconcile with one another. And it motivates us then to offer forgiveness as graciously as God has given it to us. And so having experienced God's forgiveness and the joy and the freedom that it brings, we absolutely do not want to fall back in to sin's grip. Is that not right? Once you experience a clean slate, what it feels like to be forgiven, not have that guilt hang on your shoulders, you don't want to fall back into that grip. So we fervently pray. With all of our hearts we pray, God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Spurgeon points out that this is not a prayer. This is not a prayer for someone who is seeking God. This is a prayer for someone who already knows God. When you've been taught that you are pardoned by God from your sin, when you've been taught that you are an adopted child of God, when you've been taught that you are united with Jesus in the gospel, then and only then will you pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So this morning, I want us to study that that part of this prayer. I I want us to look honestly at an objection that some people have with it, and then I want us to apply this verse to our life, and I'm going to end with a challenge this morning. James 1 verse 3 teaches, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot, uh, cannot for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself, listen to this, God himself tempts no one. Now the objection, you may have figured it out, is is this. How can the Bible teach us that God doesn't tempt us and then ask us to pray, God, lead us not into temptation? Now some have answered that objection saying that the word uh, in, in the Greek, in English, really shouldn't be temptation. It should be trials or testing such that the text reads, do not lead us into trials or do not lead us into testing. But the Greek just doesn't support this. The word is easily seen. It's temptation. One pastor said that the text would be more accurately translated, not interpreted, translated this way, protect us from the evil one so that I will not fall into temptation. Well, the scripture does teach us that Satan wants to destroy us and it was he who tempted Adam in the garden to eat of the forbidden fruit. Uh, the for- forbidden fruit. Therefore, to pray, protect us from the evil one so that I won't fall into temptation, makes biblical sense completely. I mean, that's a good prayer to pray. I hope you'll pray that as well. But in Matthew 6, 13, it does literally say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so that's what we need to to look at. Uh, What this means is, and I think the answer is this, God does not tempt us with evil. That's biblical. But God does, in His providence, lead us into situations where He knows we will be tempted. 
He leads us to be tested so that we can see our weakness and understand our dependence on God. What this means is that God does allow us to be tempted, but it is never God, never God, who is enticing us to do something evil or wrong. He's never encouraging us to sin. He's never lying to us about evil really being good. Satan, on the other hand, is tempting us by lying to us, by enticing us, and otherwise trying to get us, trick us into disobeying God and therefore sinning. Now, Maybe this is a little hard to understand, but I think it's easier to understand when we apply the truth of this prayer to real-life circumstances. So imagine waking up this morning, and you're preparing to begin your day in prayer. Before you open your mouth to talk to God, yesterday flashes before your eyes. And you remember yelling at your kids. You remember being short of patience with your spouse. You remember treating that cashier that you thought was a bit too slow with condescension. You remember eating things you shouldn't eat. You remember gossiping to a friend. You remember envying the latest success of a colleague. You remember entertaining lustful thoughts. You remember laughing at the misfortune of an enemy. You remember being jealous of a friend's good fortune or being ungrateful for the resources God has given you. Now, this list may not be exhaustive. You may remember other things that you did yesterday. Uh, Maybe some of these things you didn't do, but there's some things that that you did, and, and they flashed before your eyes. So pray this morning as you remember As you remember what happened yesterday, pray this morning, God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You see, you're sorry for yesterday, truly repented it. You learned some things about yourself yesterday. But your next thought is this, oh my goodness, I'm just as weak this morning as I was yesterday when I sinned. You want to do better. Your will is to live for God, but how to do that is quite another thing. Furthermore, you are appalled by the sin in your life of yesterday, and part of you would rather die than sin against God again. So pray, Father, this morning pray, Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. You're afraid to face the day. You know temptations await you. Some of those temptations are hiding in your family. Some of those are hiding at work. Some are hiding in the neighborhood. Some are hiding in the marketplace. And Satan, you know it because you've lived other days before. You know Satan is ready to tempt you with one or more of those sins today. So pray when you get up. Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil, for I know what the day may hold in store for me some of the temptations you can avoid there are choices that you know you have the strength to make and and this prayer time with God will will just help your resolution it will strengthen you yes I I withstood that temptation yesterday with God's help I know I can do it today so pray lead me not into temptation but deliver me from evil and some of the temptations um, you know, are, are tougher. The, 
the book of Hebrews talks about resisting the sin that so easily besets us, besetting sins, those sins that seem to routinely trip you up, habits that bite you regularly are particularly hard on the struggle for sanctification. You know, the Bible teaches us that God, God's work is to sanctify us. That means to make us more like Him. But we have to cooperate with God in this work. And so we pray, lead us not to temptation today, Father, but deliver us from evil. It's a, a real struggle. Paul said, I know, and I tell you this all the time, but I remind you again, Paul said, I know what not to do and I do it. I know what to do and I don't do it. He's telling you and me who have this struggle, we're not alone. Resisting Satan and his lies is hard work. So how do we win this battle? One man it's said, it's, it's like I have two race cars hooked up to me. One going in one direction, headed straight to Satan. And the other going in the other direction, headed towards God. And his friend says, so which car is leading that race? And he said, it's the car I hit the gas pedal the hardest. So this prayer time with God. Pray, God, help me make the decision to push the gas pedal to the floor when it's in your direction. Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. But you know, as you prepare for this prayer time, you're also aware, because other days are your experience, you're also aware that there are some things that, that you just don't know what might happen. Will I suffer a loss? today? Will I face an unexpected trouble today? Will tragedy hit me today? Will I lose something that I value today? Will someone I love and trust disappoint me today? Will an enemy rise up against me? Will I make a decision that will bite me? Will my health fail or an accident trip me? Will I face an unknown challenge that will tempt me to sin? So you pray this morning knowing that there's some unknown things out there today as we leave this place. Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. You know, it, it might be good to remember some things that, that do tempt us. Poverty has tempted many. Now, we have a tendency here in our affluent suburbs to think everyone struggling in poverty brought it on themselves. Many of us are so far removed from poverty that it's hard for us to imagine any other thing. But, you know, when I visit Ethiopia, and I see the majority of Ethiopians living a life I can't even imagine, so hard. I, I mean, I, I look at their life and I think the temptation to steal must be terrible for them. I mean, imagine a mother who eats so little that her body doesn't produce enough milk for her nursing child. Picture a father who, who, who lives in a hut, owns no land of his own, living in a village that's been devastated by drought, watching his kid run around the streets in rags and ask yourself, could I be trusted not to take something that wasn't mine if I lived in that situation? Oh, wow. There are things that are so tough. But, you know, financial poverty aside, how many of us, 
feel poor in different areas, feel like we're lacking something in some area of our life. Maybe it's respect from someone or love from someone or trust from someone. Or, or maybe we just don't feel like we're getting the promotions that we deserve. And we feel a bit of, you know, in, impoverished situation in that those situations can tempt us. And so we pray this morning, Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Listen, persecution is another hotbed for temptation. Many of you, because I've heard, you've told me, you found yourself in a work environment where you are one or, or maybe one of a few professing believers. And in this secular culture, the temptation to die, deny your faith is real. To keep silent when truth needs to be spoken. To join the vulgar language of the setting so no one knows that you're different, that you're a believer. All to avoid being ridiculed, to being mocked, to being ostracized, being overlooked or passed up for a, a promotion, or even being fired. So we must pray, Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, and if you do lead me into temptation, protect me so that I will do the right thing and protect me when I do the right thing. You know, you're not alone. John the Baptist spoke truth and he lost his head. Stephen spoke the truth and he was stoned to death. So we pray, Father, Lead us not to temptation, but if you do, protect us when we do the right thing. Protect us from Satan's lies and give us the strength, God, to do the right thing. You're not alone in this struggle. Jesus was in the garden talking to God. He, he was thinking about what he, he knew he was supposed to do, to go to the cross. And he prayed, God, let this cup pass from me. That cup that he was to drink, was the suffering he would face on the cross and the temptation to call a thousand angels to come and rescue him. And when we pray, lead us not into temptation, we are in good company. Jesus faced that same thing. Lead me not into temptation. Don't take me to the cross where I'll be tempted to call on the angels to rescue me. But then, what did he say? Because of this prayer, what was he able to do? He was able to face the cross and drink every last drop of the cup of God's wrath. And he did it because he loved you and me. And he died for our sins. You're not alone in this struggle. Abraham, God led Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Abraham was led into the temptation. What was his temptation? His temptation was to disobey God. He could have refused to prepare that altar of sacrifice. He could have refused to tie his son upon it. But he obeyed in faith, believing that if God led him into temptation, he would protect him from evil. And when his obedience was sure, God provided a ram in the thicket to be sacrificed instead of Isaac. Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this morning, I want to ask you to take this challenge. And I want to ask you to pray every morning that God would not lead you into temptation. But if in His perfect and loving will and for His glory, it pleases God to lead us into temptation, God, please protect us from evil. 
You know, when I plan a preaching series, I don't know who's going to be here on any given Sunday. I mean, when I I planned this one on the Lord's Prayer, uh, originally this sermon was going to be last week. I was out of town. Michael would be preaching it. But God led me. I wanted Thomas Hammond to to preach early in the year. And that was the, you know, several weeks ago was when he could be here. And so that pushed everything down. and, And it left this sermon for me to preach to you today. I wonder why. You may be wondering the same thing as well. But I believe with all of my heart before this week is over, maybe before this day is over, something is going to happen to each one of us, myself included. And I will say, God, I know why I heard this sermon today. I I want you to consider your heart this morning. Meredith sang about our hearts today. Worship team did. Jeremiah teaches us that our hearts are more deceitful than anything. That's why we need God to be the defender of our heart. Our hearts are deceitful. You know, theologians have often listed the seven deadly sins, pride, envy, gluttony, lust, anger, greed, and laziness. My guess is that many of you, you know, maybe have some on this list that just are not that tough for you, but others on that list are a big struggle One or more may even be blind spots that catch you off guard from time to time because your heart is lying to you. You know enough about yourself to know that you can't trust your heart. That at times your heart is pulling you away from God. Let's be honest this morning. Anytime you sin, anytime you sin, you are following your heart that's leading you away from God. You're doing what you want to do rather than what God wants and calls you to do. That's why we need to pray, Father, lead us not into temptation, but if you do, God, guard my heart so that my heart wants what God's heart wants. I I want you to consider your witness this morning. You know, if you're a believer, not only are your sins forgiven, not only are you on your way to heaven, but you are in the sights of the world. Do you know that? Someone, maybe many, are watching you right now. They have their eyes on you. You leave today. They're going to be watching you in the neighborhood, at work, at home. They're watching. They're watching. Other people sin, and they take absolutely no notice and and we might think man that's not fair that guy that guy messed up and man they don't even notice I messed up and they're all over me well you know sometimes the world is smarter than we are let me explain what I mean the world understands that sinners sin that's what sinners do but when you sin they take note they take note and it ruins your witness. Who wants to listen to someone tell them they need Jesus when that someone is living a life against Jesus? Now, I'm not saying that we leave here and that we're perfect, and I'm not saying that we lie about our imperfections so the world doesn't see our sin. No, be transparent. Be honest there. When you mess up, let them see it. I mean, let them know you know, but let them see your repentant heart. Let them see your love for God. Let them see your your sorrow for your own sin. Let them see your asking God's 
forgiveness this week, every day, every morning, throughout the day. Please pray because of your witness. Father, lead me not into temptation, but if you do, protect me so I can be a strong witness for you. I want you to consider the gospel. Jesus died for you. He carried an old, rugged cross up a ragged hill. He was nailed with spikes to that cross after he was whipped to within an inch of his life. He died, as we mentioned earlier, drinking the full cup of God's wrath so that you could be forgiven and live. This is the gospel. It's good news. And it brings the greatest joy in the world to those who believe. So remember this as you consider the gospel. To sin is to reopen the wounds of Jesus on the cross, one preacher said. To sin is to take away the joy of God's love for you. To sin is to break communion with God. If you are in sin this morning as a believer, stop for Christ's sake and consider we're about to take communion. And you can't do that rightfully until you Go to God in forgiveness. So, this morning, before the day continues, God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Finally, let me say this. This prayer is not for everyone. There may be someone here today, you don't need to pray Lead me not to temptation, but deliver me from evil. Spurgeon said this, You need not be led into temptation if you live in it already. Uh, a man might, pre- might pray to keep out of water, but a fish cannot because he lives in it. Right? The Bible says all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us. No exception. No man, no woman, except Jesus Christ. All of us have sinned. Every one of us and have sinned, and every one of us who call on the name of Jesus, asking His forgiveness, receiving His Lordship over our life, all of us who call on the name of Jesus like that will be saved. So if you don't call on the name of Jesus... You're still living in sin. So before you can pray, Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil, you need to say, Father, forgive me of my sin. I put my life in trust and faith in your hands. You know, your sin is accusing you right now. Justice cries out for you to be tried and sentenced. Condemn that man. Your sin is crying out for mercy and forgiveness. And mercy is ready to hear you when you cry out to Jesus. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that my sin separates me from you. I know, Father, I deserve death and the grave. Please, please, Lord, forgive me. Save me. Have mercy on me. And you know what? He will. If you're sincere, if you're serious, He'll forgive. He'll save. 
He'll reconcile you to God. He'll give you the hope of eternity. And then, and only then, will it make sense for you to pray each and every morning, all through the day, Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. And if you do, lead me into temptation for trials and testing. Father, protect me that I might remain faithful to you. And you will, you know, you will experience joy. Maybe for the first time, if you've, if you've been out, out of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and if you're a believer here today, and, and you've just been living on your own, doing your own thing, you will experience again that joy. And you will know with all of your heart that you can pray that prayer to God. Why? Because Jesus finishes his prayer, for thy kingdom come. For thine is the kingdom, and thine is the power, and thine is the glory forever. What does he mean by that? For thine is the kingdom, our God is sovereign. For thine is the power, our God has all power. For thine is the glory, there is nothing else our heart searches for. More importantly than the glory, the glory of God. Father, lead us not to temptation but deliver us from evil. And as we take communion this morning, may we experience God's presence in our life and be drawn to Him more often to pray that prayer.